Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the heck was that? That's uh, Scott Gardner logging in now. Yeah. Is he farting his way in the room? Back his way in. Oh, oh, oh. now I have a machine gun. (laughs) You wear that around Disney? Not yet. Not ever. It is a Disney movie now. Jesus Christ. you. They own 20th Century Fox. You. <laughs> Shut the f- up. <laughs> Gonna have Goofy as Hans Gruber. Exceptional criminal. Off the top of the off the top of the dock. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And Die Hard Two will star Hans Gruber back from the dead. What the cost? Have a few laughs. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we got to have Donald Duck as uh, John McClane. <laughs> well, now I'm picturing, what's his name uh, from South Park? Cartman. Oh, Cartman. Cartman. Yeah, that did sound more like Cartman. <laughs> well, I don't have a good Donald, and I, my, I, like I said, I left work today because my throat was bothering me, and I don't want to stress my throat trying to do Donald Duck. Cartman's about as hard as I, hard as I want to stretch it. <clears throat> How are you, Doc? I haven't talked to you in ages. Ah, uh, you know, hanging in there. You come hanging in there. When are you gonna come visit? Ah, hmm. Well, that sounded like a never. Okay. No, no, no. I was just thinking. Get- well, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> let's, I don't let's, have that kind of time, dude. I'm trying to let's, think, and my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Let me get through the holidays. No worries. Happy holidays. Wow, that's really shiny now. Oh, sorry. F*** off. <laughs> hey, I can't say anything. I'm getting a spot back on the back of my head. You're going to get a spot on the back of your room. ass the next time we meet up. Not based on your Skype picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Ben. I really got to figure out what my account was and bring my old account over. <laughs> I'm on Ben's old computer. Because the other one's only good enough to look at porn now. I'm on Ben's old computer. It's the only thing speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Nine, eight, seven. <laughs> ben. Get, out, get out of there! To say recording. Oh, okay. Um, what the hell was I gonna say? Is it still recording? Even though Scott jumped. Oh, okay, yeah, it, it didn't do. It does. Well, yeah, this doesn't do the goofy thing the old one did with like restart and stop the recording. Whatever. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that shit. Sorry. Um, yeah, right. You didn't think. Maybe one day you'll think. Well, first off, it's it's good to see and hear you guys. I, uh, oh, you know what? I, I could probably hook a camera up with this one. I just got to find one now because it'll work with his computer. It wouldn't see, work. I was I wasn't going to, but I wanted just I wanted you guys to see my my new T-shirt. But uh, I noticed that at least one of the recordings that we did for either JLA or I mean JSA or or the Origin Show, um, where I had the camera on in the audio for me recorded through the stupid camera instead of through my um my desktop 
microphone, which always annoys me because I check that shit every time. And it, sometimes I think that Skype just lies to me and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming. It sounds coming through this. And then I listen to the recording later and it's like, nope, it wasn't. But, you know, do what you can. Live uh, from an old metal garbage can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. gonna grouch. Yeah, because when it records through that one, it sounds like shit. Yeah, it does. It does sound like I'm in a garbage can or at the bottom of a well or something. Yeah, exactly. And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spataro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. This is Dr. Bill coming to you live or pre recorded or <laughs> later from Florida. With me, with me is my three other cohorts, Mr. Scott Horatio Hornblower Gardner. (laughs) Hello. Double H. (laughs) And that, of course, was the producer, Paul Spataro. And our mute uh, (laughs) podcaster, (laughs) David Pascarella. I just wandered in off the street. (laughs) That was him doing his Chewbacca impersonation. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> you, we are new, here to... You're uh, a new Chewbacca guy. Let Bill, me show you Bill, my Bill other just Chewbacca lost the impression. Uh. What, are you going to take your shirt off? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that used to be Bill's job. He just lost it. Well, yeah. I still got hair. There. Oh, I'm talking about the Chewbacca. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant the furriness. <laughs> this is the first no. time all four of us been together in ages. This is this is kind of nice. I uh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Jinxed. It's got to be months, right? It's been a while, yeah. Um, yeah, because we uh, we need to start banging out some more episodes of our secret project. That uh, that the listeners will not it's, know anything about. It's, it's yeah. so secret, I forgot what it was. Because <laughs> I haven't been on it so long. I think I remember, but I, I won't say here. Well, we, we've Did been we? waiting, because I, I really want all four of us together when we record those episodes. So we've, we've been kind of holding off on the, on the at least on the and, big special. And Paul book. has left. Uh, because he's we have out. video, suddenly Paul has got up and walked out of the room. <laughs> he's like, yep, he's like, I'm out of here. I, I, I don't, I, I have no idea what's going on. What did we say? I don't know. I, I, I gotta remember so I can use it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Are you sure we didn't just fall? 
Did he fall? He fell. He went, ah! Get your life alert! <laughs> A comet fell time. on me and I can't get up. An omnibus hit me and I can't get up. Response time is two hours and 47 minutes. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't pay for a professional fire department. <laughs> Old star speaking, how can I help you? <laughs> oh, he's back. Uh, you all right? I just wanted to show you guys. Uh... Okay. Okay, yeah. Got it. It, uh-huh. it keeps going blurry for some reason. Yeah. And then I got it. <laughs> Are they Did all you sitting see? on a toilet? Yes. It's, Did you see the picture that it's a shot did? of Darth Vader and a shot of, of Chewbacca, two separate pictures, sitting, sitting on the toilet and reading the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw to where they had Chewbacca and it looked like he was, uh, uh, you know, doing that. And that was the top picture and there was like a hatch. And the bottom picture was Kirk and all the tribbles falling out. Yes. I yes, saw I that saw, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you think, Paul. There was like tribbles falling out his butt into a hatch, and there was Kirk down there, like looking up. The one where he's looking up, like, will somebody please close that hatch? Very clever. I got to give, mm-hmm. give credit where it's due. That is funny. What have you guys been up to? Oh, you know what I just acquired? I have to wait for it to come in the mail. But uh, JLA number 21. Did you? Yes. Nice. Nice. Did you get a good price on it? Uh, You know what? You probably know better than I do whether I got a good price. $60. Let me see. I think that's less than I paid for mine. I can tell you here in just a second. So if it is, I'm going to hate you for it. Ooh, he's I, hope talking be, about, I hope to be hated. He's talking about the 1998 run where it was literally JLA. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is the first crossover with the JSA. Let's see. That is the earliest book in my J in Justice League of America collection. To let's see, what did I pay for it? Come on, pull up already. I paid fifty-three dollars and forty-one cents. All right, wow. so I paid Same more than you. <laughs> Same neighborhood, but mine is a little ritzier. Yep. Well, you, he also bought his a while ago, right? That's true. Uh, I bought and mine. I, I also have issues. July. I also have July. 19 and 20. So with inflation, it's like he paid seven dollars. Yeah. Now, really. Are yeah. <laughs> now are are they included in the sixty dollars? No, 19 no. And no? Oh, no okay. just on, I only make that comment because you said uh, that's the earliest uh, issue in your collection. So I, I have two earlier. No, it that's, occurs that's, to that's me. That's the only purpose of my comment. I did used to have an, an earlier issue than that. It was the one where Adam was inside a bowling ball on the cover. I think it's like number 14 or something, but I, I don't have it anymore. I probably shouldn't mention that on the air because whoever it was, there was a listener that sent it to me. They'll probably be like, that son of a bitch. But at the time, I wasn't collecting uh, Justice League of America. I'm, I'm not really collecting them now either. I was just wanting to get the uh, the JSA crossovers, you know, fill in, <laughs> fill in all of those. Well, for issues 19 and 20, uh, I had purchased them at the local comic show 
that they do once a month. And it was really kind of like I wasn't collecting them, but it was just such a bargain that I couldn't turn it down because I got them for five bucks each. No. Right. Yeah. So it's like, how, how could I say no to that? I also right. have issues 24 and 35 that I got in the same at the same time. Which are all my earliest issues. Hmm. Scott, do you have any but books? At that price, it was like, oh, I need them. Do you have any books other than Justice League that are older than that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Did you talk about having a more fun, like, very I, early? I used to. That this this was this is going back. Oh gosh, um, it's going back. Got to be twenty something years ago because Scotty was just like a newborn when I got because I sold it and I used part of the money that I made from the sale of it to buy my first PC, you know, modern PC. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was New Fun Comics number six. It was the first appearance of um, Doctor Occult. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember my his, my historical notes. <clears throat> I think it's considered to be the first official issue of the DC universe because he's you know because of his appearance in it or so, something to that effect. That was, um, your, that was your form name too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Most. You know, the, what's that? I was gonna say, Doctor Occult is a character that I don't have a lot of familiarity with, though. No, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't really either. Um, most so of it comes did? from when he appeared in uh, in All Star Squadron uh, oh, during that, yeah, during, during the crisis and all that. That I think that's where I first learned of him or whatever. Um, it was just very fortuitous at the time because I, you know, I was familiar with him from that. I think one of those issues that he's in references um, New Fun number six, or or maybe just his run in in New Fun or something like that. So when I ran across the issue in an antique store as a kid, I knew what it was. And the guy at the antique, all he knew was that it was a it was an old ass comic book. And I remember it was it was a place I'd go in from to I'd go into from time to time. It was called the Globe Mini Mall. It was in Watertown. I don't think it exists anymore. And Chris and I used to go in there. And the guy was kind of a grumpy old prick, you know. And anytime we'd go in there, he'd watch us like hawks, like we were gonna steal shit or something, you know. And I'm sure he just thought that we were just stupid kids, you know. So we'd go in there. Boy, we'd, we'd, boy was he wrong? <laughs> well, you know, he would. We would ask about comics, and you know, if, if he had some, you know, it was usually you know fairly modern stuff, you know, from you know 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, you know. But in this particular case, you know, here's a book from you know from the early 30s, and I'm sure he thought. The, you know, I wouldn't know anything about it. I wouldn't have any real interest in it, but he pulled it out anyway, just to, you know, yeah, I got this type of thing. And I never considered myself to have much of a poker face or anything, but I must have been, I must have done a decent job of, of hiding my like, holy shitness because I got a really good deal on it. And I knew exactly what I was buying when I, when I bought it, you know, luckily so. there was a counter between you cause you probably had a, uh, <laughs> yeah, your, your excitement I, probably could have shown. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised. Yes, but yeah, I, I kept it for a long time, and then um, 
Yeah, I can't remember what year it was. I, I finally sold it. But, um, it was he had seventy five dollars on it, and somehow I talked him into it. And it, the ex, basically, no, he had eighty five dollars on it, and I talked him into somehow transposing those numbers. I paid fifty eight dollars for it. And I don't ask me how I remember that. I just, I just do. I just remember that. Fifty-eight it's, bucks. It's eighty-five. Fifty-eight. Eighty-five. Fifty-eight. <laughs> fifty-eight. So and, uh, he did it like Bugs Bunny and, and Tuffy right. Tuff. Yes. <laughs> fifty-eight. Eighty-five. Fifty-eight. Eighty-five. Eighty-five. It, fifty-eight. It was in, you know, it was in solid <laughs> and shape. And that's it. You know, the only thing that was really wrong with it is that it did have some some silverfish damage. On the cover, the like the front cover. I can't remember if it went into any of the interior pages. I don't think so, but I can't remember now. But it did have some silverfish damage. Um, but it was complete. You know, it was solid, and you know, in in you know, for its age and what it was and everything, because it was a really weird size. It was almost like a like a newspaper supplement size type of thing. Well, it was like um, oh, because it's golden age, right? Yeah. 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 Those were I mean, because yeah, because they have like slightly bigger like bags. If you buy them, uh, you can buy golden mm-hmm. age bags. I'd I'd be surprised if they're even what if you were gonna put that in a bag, you'd probably have to get like a treasury size, like a treasury yeah. edition size think- bag for it, because it was really weird, uh, like really oddly shaped. I think some of those Golden Age books, the first ones, they were like almost newspaper size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably just reprinted strips in a lot but of it them. Was, it was yeah, neat. Well, to, um, it were, was a really originally. cool book to own because it was very unique. And at the time that I owned it, um, you know, of course, this was all pre-internet and everything. So the only thing you really had to go off of as far as info on it was uh, over, you know, the Overstreet Price Guide. And the Overstreet Price Guide claimed that there were less than five or ten. I can't remember what the number was now. I, I, somewhere. And it was less than ten known copies it might have even been less than five known copies i can't remember what it used to say i think since then you know with the advent of the internet and ebay and all that that number is probably well adjusted at this point that they know that there's a lot more out there than they initially thought but at that time it was an extremely rare book and when i finally did get rid of it um i want to trying to remember exactly what i got i think i got 3500 out of it something like that today that same book i'm shit it's probably well into you know the tens at this point so i i don't know but it was one of those things after a time i just couldn't justify keeping it anymore you know because all it was doing was just you know sitting in a a box you know but it was it was cool to own it was a neat book you know just historically it was a neat book because it was First Doctor Call, it was the first published work by Siegel and Schuster, you know, all pre-Superman and all that. And like I say, I think it was considered like the first official like DC Universe book, something to that effect. Um, And then there were other characters in there, too, that it was their first appearance, although I'm struggling to remember who any of them were, because I don't think they're anybody really remembered or famous today, you know. Maybe like Slam Bradley or somebody. I, I forget now. I can't. I think remember. Uh, Slam Bradley started in Detective. Detective. I th- yeah. I think Detective Number One was 
Slam yeah. Bride, I think. I, I, I can't remember, but yeah, it was it was neat. That's definitely the oldest book I've ever owned. Um, I don't know currently what the oldest. The current one is probably. I have a Superman number sixteen. I think it is. Sixteen. Yeah. Wow. Not sure. That one. I got the same day that I bought the Avengers number four that I gave to Bill and I paid the exact same price for both. I paid 20 bucks for both those books. I was, I was very young and the guy, it was, it was on a weekend show. It was at Ithacon, one of the early Ithacons. And it was like the last hour of the show. And this guy was just packing his shit up, ready to go. And I walked up and I was, I can't remember how old I was. I was still, you know, high school age or maybe even younger than that. And I think he just took pity on me. Plus, he didn't want to pack the shit up. And he was like, yeah, 20 bucks each. And I'm like, damn, all right, here you go. You know? Jeez. I mean, it's it's not in great shape, but it's it's complete. I Definitely do not have anything before the 1960s in my collection. I'm surprised. I I, I would think that you would. Being you're from there. I, I would think oh, that, I didn't I, say that, that I would as well, but I don't. I don't but you know what? I think it's a good moment. If we're talking about Golden Age, and I'm going to just get serious for a couple of minutes because I think that's a good segue to talk about how we've recently seen on Facebook that we may have lost Mike Voiles, who was a friend to the show, a friend to the network. Uh, as far as I can recall, he was our original webmaster on the Two True Freaks uh, network. He hasn't been on this show in a number of years. Uh, but I do know, you know, once in a blue moon, he would reach out to us and let us know that he was still listening and, and you know, give us a comment or two, which I always appreciated. I did know Mike really well. Uh, but when I did speak to him, I always thought he was just a heck of a nice guy. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed talking to him. I enjoyed his encyclopedia-like knowledge of comic books. Uh, and and it's you know it, it's a terrible loss if if the information we have is correct. And I'd be more than thrilled to find out that the information is wrong and Mike reaches out and tells us that uh you know his his passing has been exaggerated greatly exaggerated. Uh, but I'm, I'm concerned and afraid that it is accurate. And if so, uh, I think we all owe a, uh, a debt of gratitude to Mike for, for setting up the website that we've all used and enjoyed over the years. And, and just, again, more important than that, just a heck of a nice guy and, and, and a loss, uh, if he is in fact gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've seen it on a number of different um, sites and Facebook groups and everything uh, being reported that he has passed. But every one of them that I've been privy to has linked to his website and is citing the same source, which is a page that pops up now when you first go to Mike's Amazing World, his his website, it's a page that just pops up with a picture of who is that character? Is that Death? Is that who who that is from Sandman? I've never read Sandman, so I honestly don't know. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, yeah, it's that's supposed to be Death or Lady Death or whatever her name is. Yeah, but it's, it's Death. 
Yeah, it's that character and then basically saying something to the effect of, you know, I helped, I think it said something like, I helped Mike pass on recently or something to that effect. So it kind of seems clear, but it, it doesn't come right out and say it as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, this was my concern. I'm glad you brought this up, Paul, because I, I, I wasn't sure how to how to broach the subject. But, uh, you know, I, I sure hope it's not true. I've I've had my fill of death this year. Um, Mike, you know, you know if, if you're listening, buddy, or, or somebody that is in the know on this, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, um, just, you know, give us a confirmation, yay or nay. Let us know. You know, we don't we don't need all the detail. I just want to know one way or the other what's what's going on. I, I've tried to look for an obituary. I couldn't find anything. Um, it's really sad for me because I do consider Mike a good friend. He was always an excellent friend of the show. Yet I'm with this. I'm really struck by the fact of how little I really knew about him. Um, but Mike was a very private kind of guy, you know, he, um, you know, he talked to us and he's, he's been on the show, I, I think a couple of times. Um, well, and he had his own, um, brief show. Right. Right. And I feel, you know, I've always felt really bad and I always wanted to kind of ask him directly and, and I regret that I, that I hadn't, but you know, it's funny that we were talking about that new fun comic I used to have because I know, Mike really wanted me on his show when he got to that book and then something was going on in my life. I don't remember what something work related or something was going on, some drama. And I just couldn't make the recording and, and we kept trying to schedule it and kept trying to make it work. And it just never worked out. And, and the time came where he just had to get the episode recorded. So he did it. And it wasn't long after that that his show pod faded. And I've always had this guilt that I was, you know, had I, I contributed to that because I, I wasn't there for that episode that I know he really wanted me there for. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, that's that's not ego talking. It's just it's honest guilt because I I'd feel really bad if I found out. Yeah, that was a big contributing factor. So I, I hope not. But. I, I don't know for sure, but I really enjoyed his show and I kept encouraging him to, you know, when he was first starting, I, you know, I, I encouraged him, you know, that, Hey, I'm glad you're launching a show. And I, I did listen to every episode and, you know, kept telling him, you know, I really like it. And he kept, you know, requesting feedback and asking and everything. But I always felt like he just never gained the confidence that he needed in himself, that he was doing a good and entertaining show. And, and I was really sad when the show pod faded because I, I thought he was doing a good job. And I, I think the show really could have been something. I, I think it could have been a really good companion piece to his website, which is aptly named. It, it is amazing. I mean, it's it such a resource. You know, as you said, Paul, you know, we all owe a debt. And I don't I didn't know if you meant. You know, the all is like in the four of us or like the the greater all is in, you know, comic book fans. But I, I think the latter, you know, I think that's, everybody that's what that's, I meant. Yeah. I, everybody that's into comics these days. You know, I think I think, you know, the, the most wonderful tribute I've seen so far was Paul Levitz, you know, the Paul Levitz uh, actually mentioned, you know, he posted something on Facebook about, you know, what uh, Mike's site has meant to him. That's that's pretty good accolades right there. I thought that was pretty good. So, 
But as I say, I man, I sure hope it's not true. You know, I, I just, you know, but I, I haven't heard anything. So again, I just want to put the call out. You know, if, if anybody knows, you know, more about the situation than us, um, you know, God willing, if Mike, you're still around, you're still listening, buddy, and this just is a big misunderstanding. Whatever the case, please let us know. Please get in touch with us. Um, and just you know, drop us a line. Let us know what uh, what the deal is, one way or the other. But uh, yeah, yeah. I wish whoever put that up wouldn't have been such so circumspect. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I I got the feeling that it was more than likely coming from Mike himself. And I mean that if it is true, and that's the way he he chose to you know announce his end it is in character for him because that's kind of how he was you know he he was very um you know a very private person you know i remember when we we had him on it must have been the first time um you know the the big show we had him on where we were talking about you know the the site and his collection and everything i remember him being very scant in detail about himself, you know, about his personal life, because I, I was always very curious, you know, for the size of the guy's collection and just the mammoth amount of work that had to have gone into creating the site that he created, you know, I, (laughs) right off the bat, you know, first question I wondered, is he married? You know, is he, you know, cause I, I just, I know I could never have that kind of time and, and, and money, you know, to build that kind of a collection and build that sort of a, of a site or whatever with, you know, being married, having kids, having a, a regular life. So I, I kind of wondered, you know, what was his life like? But I didn't want to come right out and ask him that. And he didn't volunteer. You know, he he didn't really. I, I, do you remember, Paul? Because you were on that recording, right? I, I think it was you, me, and Bill, right? I'm pretty that. sure, you know, that I was. I do remember having Mike on unless, you know, that was unless you had him on before he was on when I was. But, uh, yeah, Mike, Mike definitely struck me as a private kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he didn't share a lot of personal information, and that was fine. I, I don't have a problem with that with anybody. You know, I, I – uh, I, I definitely thought he was, he was a low-key, relaxed guy. I thought that, that his show would have made a good companion piece to somebody like Dave, who was sitting and reading the old Golden Age books, that it would be perfect to like read the books and then listen to him wax poetic about them. Uh, whereas like when I listened to the show, I, I found the show to be enjoyable, but it was a little dry because I wasn't familiar with a lot of the material that he was going over. So I, I really thought that that's... Probably why it faded, because I think a lot of the Golden Age books are not in everybody's set. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that would kind of cut down on your listenership. Right, right. Yeah, I think it was that. And, uh, you know, I, I kept encouraging him to. Um, I'm trying to remember how I worded it because I was trying to be very diplomatic because the last thing I wanted to do is, you know, discourage him or hurt his feelings or anything. But, you know, as you said, it was a little dry. So I, I was trying to encourage him to, you know, inject more of yourself into it. You know, you know, you don't have to be personal as far as, you know, details about your life or whatever. But, 
you know, get get let the listeners get to know you. Like, why does why does this book or how does this book affect you and why? So if you hated it, why did you hate it? If you love it, why did you love it? You know, that sort of thing. And um, I don't remember him ever really going that way. I remember him kind of pod fading before, you know, before he really got to that point. So yeah, it is a shame. I, I, I wish, you know, he had, he had done more, but I did enjoy, you know, the content that, that he did put out. Um, and I, I, I thought he had the makings of a good podcaster. So I, I really wish, you know, he'd stuck around with it, you know, stuck with it a little bit more, but, uh, but man, you know, the, the website, oh. you, you can't fault the website. I mean, the website's, I mean, <clears throat> It's the website has been a godsend, so oh, to yeah. speak. The yeah, website I mean, is appropriately named. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing, amazing world of comics because it I is mean, an amazing website. I, there's there's rarely been a day since I discovered that site, you know, how, however long ago that I haven't used it. And that's how I learned of whatever's going on. Um, you know, I was laying in bed the other night reading comics. And as I often do, as I'm reading along. You know, if something triggers, you know, I, I come across, a, you know, a, an artist I'm not familiar with or I'm just wondering, you know, what is you know, where did this story go or what, you know, what did this? Because I'm trying to remember the book I was actually reading and I, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was just a simple thing of I wanted to know, like, what was the next appearance of the character? Something to that effect, you know, boom, I go to Mike's, you know. And he always has that information there. And then that's, you know, going there is where that that page suddenly popped up and, and really, really took me aback. I'll be honest, you know, so that's what I was doing the other night, reading the Golden Age, what order to read them. And when I sent you the uh, the message that I had seen that. Yeah. I mean, the, the I'm on, you know, I'm on several reading projects at the moment, but the primary one that I'm doing is reading through um you know completely uh dc comics um from the first inklings of the monitor in 1982 right through the crisis and right now i'm in february 1983 and in order to do that project you know i'm using mike's uh he called it's called the newsstand feature yes fantastic I wouldn't be able to do this project without his website because I don't know of any other resource that's as complete as his is because he even has like the promo comics that were out at that time and everything, you know, it's like really weird, rare shit, you know, that you don't see listed um, with the other books that were out at the, like, like, you know, sometimes DC and Marvel comics would have like a checklist in the book itself of what was out that month where well, they're not going to list weird promo shit, you know, that, you know, some Snickers wrapper send away or something, but Mike would, you know, so it's very, very complete in that regard. And, and I like that, you know, cause I want to be complete when I'm reading through this stuff. And well, yeah, even I mean, beyond, even beyond the planning out and all of that, just on an every episode basis we pretty much always uh you know okay well you know where are we getting the information from this book you know nine times out of ten it was from mike's amazing world right you know, or or specifically we got 
every bit of information every time we did one of those annual re- reviews where we would start going over, uh, yep. you know, the oh, books yeah. that came out in a given year, that yep. all that information came from Mike's Amazing World. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it was, you know, I'm just thinking like as a kid when, you know, we had a, a bookshelf with the encyclopedia and all the different volumes on it, you know, Mike, Mike's, Mike's Amazing World was, was that on the computer for comic books. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was happy to see that, you know, as part of that page that's that's up, you know, with the announcement that it also does say that, you know, Mike took steps to keep the site running. So, you know, at least it doesn't give any indication of how long, but at least for, you know, for the foreseeable future, (laughs) the site will continue and everything. So I have it in front of me. Let's just read this off. Yeah, says, welcome to Mike's amazing world of comics. It was my recent pleasure to help Mike on his way. No, this isn't a fit of delirium. It's real. But don't despair. Everything will be peachy keen. His website will not meet with destruction. It was Mike's desire that his site remain endless. He made arrangements regarding the destiny of the site. Sleep well that his dream will continue for a long time to come until we meet again. And then there's quotes from the Sandman. Now that, that could be, you know, theoretically and what I'm, you know, I hope this isn't just wishful thinking, but that could be Mike saying, I'm not working on this website anymore, but I've made arrangements to keep it going. Yes. That's how I initially took it. Um, And that's why when I posted in the, the uh, bins group, I was just asking, like, has anybody heard from him? Because I don't want it to be, you know, a, a death announcement. And that's not how I initially took it. So, yeah, you're not alone in that, Paul. And I, and I'm, I'm like I say, I hope it's not just denial, but I, I think it is um, just vague enough that there might be more than one interpretation to this. And God, I sure hope so. You know, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. But, it would be uh, great to hear from him and get a message yes. saying, "Hey, I'm just not doing the sign." Right, right. Yeah. I would. Jesus, I would love can to I be just retire? Yeah, exactly. I would love to be embarrassed and find out that we did all of this, and you know, it was all for nothing, basically. It's like the last but crusade. But you know what? If, if we're that's all the case, standing over the cliff. If, right. Yeah. If that was the case, <laughs> then this is still a tribute that Mike would deserve anyway, just for oh, everything yeah. he's given us. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know about embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed only in the in the aspect of I don't like that, you know, all these other sites that I've seen reporting this are re- reporting it as Mike has died. I mean, that's the headline on most of them that I'm seeing. And I, I think that's just irresponsible because, as you say, there is more than one interpretation to uh, this announcement on his site. So until we know absolutely for sure, I mean, I'm not ready to to pronounce. I'm not ready to pronounce him dead, you know, because I, I don't know that he is. So I, I I find that just a little bit irresponsible. And and that's not you know that's not directed at like Paul Levitz or whatever. Uh, you know, that's the the actual like quote unquote news uh, sites and that sort of thing that I'm seeing out there. That I I just think it's a little irresponsible of them. Um, and now if one of them had linked directly to um, 
you know, an obituary or, or you know, a, an announcement from the family on social media or something, then that's different. But none of them did that I saw. So. Um, what else we well, got? I'm hoping maybe we have a happier subject that we can talk about. Well, this just in, Henry Kissinger, dead at 100. <laughs> wow. 100? Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did hear that. Wow. <laughs> good for him. He's dead. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that. I mean, good for him. He lived to be 100 years old. It's, he, he did better than I'm probably going to do. So. <laughs> I don't know if I want to live to be 100. Yeah, I don't know that I do. Frankly, either. you know, I, 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 I don't want to live to the point where I'm more feeble than I am now. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to say a burden on others because we're there already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more of a burden either uh we need a different subject i've had so i am drinking uh (laughs) i am what are you drinking dr bill it is my key lime chaos coffee which uh spun out of um loki season two that is from bones coffee um i drink it uh without any creamer or milk you kind of broke up on it on on me there bill did I break up on everybody? No, just on no. Paul. <laughs> just on Paul. You broke up on me. That's it. We're over. <laughs> but uh, I got a bag of it because they were out of the K-Cups. And uh, so I bought the little reusable um, to where you can add the grounds to the thing. Right. Are K-Cups really big titties or really small titties? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, they're really teeny tiny. And they fit in your Keurig. Whoa. <laughs> Coffee porn. Ding, 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 ding. So anyway, I don't really <laughs> catch the key lime flavor, but it is I, without any additives. The coffee is, is good. It's got a nice sweet. It's not really bitter. Uh, I enjoy it. I still wish it had more of a key lime flavor, but it's subtle. It's flaccid yet absurd. So. so you're saying it's refreshing, not sweet. It's the extra dry treat. Won't you try extra dry Rheingold beer? Sure. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking. And earlier, Scott, when you were talking about Silverfish damage, I went through my head. I created a whole parody song for Silverfish. Silverfish. <laughs> Silverfish. They're eating up my comments. <laughs> Hear them chew. And that's as far as I got. Soon it'll be fumigation time. People screaming. People crying. Where have my comics gone? They were eaten by fish. <clears throat> the day you have missed your calling my friend because you have this ability to just like it, it's it's a weird owl quality of just creating a song like just off the top of your head that's that is amazing to me i think yeah. the best one was the the black manta song oh black manta keep on <laughs> gonna kill aquaman oh black manta I am trying to look up. Yes, it was number 16. I was right. May 1942. I think that's currently the earliest 
book in the collection just just to go. Oh, that's the one you were flashing up to us. No, no, no. Oh. That's, I just I was showing Dave. I just got this Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number eighty six. I got a really good deal on it. It's the only reason I bought it. But then I found out it's actually a two part story. So I'm like, damn. Now I got. Now you got to get the other yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. But. It just it looks cool as much as I you know really do have a great disdain for Jimmy Olsen. Some of the some of the issues of his uh, his book aren't bad. You know the ones with Superman actually in them. You know well, maybe he doesn't like you either. Yeah, well that's fine. I can he's live better. with okay, it. He's better than I Johnny Thunder. Uh, I went to coverbrowser.com to see the cover of Superman 16. It is a good companion piece to Go Superman Statue Save the World. <laughs> I want to say, hang on, I'll look it up real quick just to be sure of my facts, but I want to say it's the first cover appearance of Lois Lane, I think. Uh, give me one second here. I can tell you for certain. Oh. Second, I'm sorry, second, seven, second cover appearance, Lois Lane. What no, was that? We're one? not going to hold that against it. Oh yeah, I was showing Bill. This was a little gift I got for uh, my birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just so you know, since there's Superman fans here, saw something that uh, uh, that I showed to Ben years ago. And for some reason, recently has been coming up in conversation. Lois Lane has been co- coming up and he constantly says, how dumb was she? <laughs> Lois and Clark. That's what that's exactly. From. I think I showed that to him. I was like, yeah, this is great. It's like, how <laughs> dumb was she? Scott and I were discussing this because he's never seen that. What? Oh, my God. I, I did not like that show. I'm sorry. Clark but, you know, Kent. Superman. Clark Kent. Kent. Superman. Superman. What they really want to know is how dumb was she? <laughs> and Terry Hatcher's just standing there and, and she plays it great because she's like, what? <laughs> and and the guy that played he's uh the character is uh Tempest. He's a he's a, a time traveler and he's like that's why he, he knows who well, he knows who Superman is, and that's what, he, that's what they ask in the future. How dumb was she? Who who played him? Who's oh, the... I cannot remember the actor's name. Uh, <clears throat> he also played in uh, the last season of Supernatural. He played a ghost. And Mike Bailey would know. I know Mike Bailey would know right off the top of his head. He's probably screaming oh, yeah. right now. He's uh, yeah, he's he's good with that sort of thing. I I think Mr. Pascarell is busy looking it up. I am working on it. Bam, bam. Paul was talking about uh, was talking about a book that he he just got that uh that's on its way. Lane Davies. That name sounds familiar. I, I can't picture a face with it, but uh, but that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was on General Hospital. So I was. Totally prepared to, to be bummed out when I got out of work tonight because while I was working, a uh, an auction on eBay was going to be ending that I have been watching, you know, the entire time. 
and thought for sure I'd end up getting outbid on it because I didn't bid very much on it at all. And I thought, well, surely somebody's going to outbid me on this and kind of had resigned myself to it because I really wanted the item, but I didn't want to pay a lot for it. So I was absolutely stunned to find I am the winner. So it What'd you is, get? Uh, I don't know if you guys have been able to see this real clear or not, but I'll, I'll hold it up here and I'll have to describe it to the audience. But it is... See if you guys can. Oh, that's terrible. You got an iPhone. Very nice. <laughs> I can't really see for the looks glare. Like, looks like the sphincter. It's the Spectre, right? Yes. Is that so that cover of the book? A, I will. Is it the issue we were supposed to do tonight? No, no, no. It's from it, but it's from that series. So it's here's here's how it's described. The Spectre, Tom Mandrake, 1993, glow in the dark. DC Comics art poster, 22 inches by 34 inches. I have been chasing this friggin' thing, and every time I see it listed, it's been listed for at least 50 bucks, but it's usually closer to like like 90 or 100. This was listed for 20 bucks with nine dollars shipping, and nobody else bid on it. I'm shocked. Wow. So yeah. So I have not paid for it yet, but I'm going to pay for it here as soon as we're done recording. And so, yeah, for under $30. So I'm hoping it's, I mean, according to the listing, it's in really good shape. So hopefully it arrives, you know, my my mail band doesn't, you know, wad it up to scratch his ass or something with it. You know, did did you uh, have any desire to get a hold of that, uh, very rare issue that that was on Facebook today. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners, uh, it was listed as uh, uh, Ravage two rare five rare five yeah Ravage number one Ravage twenty ninety nine number one two hundred dollars plus shipping. That is it's like a rare find because there's two one hundred dollar bills in it. That, that's well. I, I thought I had the right comment on that. I said, "Yes, it's rare to find that in the two hundred dollar bin, but if they looked right. in the fifty cent bin, they might have a better chance of finding it." Maybe I, it comes I, with I, a happy I, ending or something. What's that? Maybe it comes with a happy ending. The book loves you a long time. <laughs> now, in fairness, that book. I, I th- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at least the first issue was actually written by Stan, I think. Yes. But the was. art on that series was pretty decent. It was uh, uh, Paul Ryan, who you and I, Paul, were just talking about not long ago on, on FF. I like the art. Um, I don't remember anything about the character or the story. I remember I, I remember not hating it, but just it's just kind of there. You know, it's it's like... It's like NFL Super Pro or something. It's easy to well, kind I'm of looking, make fun of it. Well, I'm looking on eBay right now. I see issue number one for eight fifty. I see a, an entire good. run that includes issue number one for sixteen dollars. Uh, maybe that maybe is maybe number that one, one gold did, foil cover six ninety nine. Was that two hundred dollar one signed by somebody? Maybe it would better be signed by Jesus Christ himself if you want <laughs> right. to. <laughs> yeah i didn't see that it was signed by the beatles even that six i'm surprised because i mean i'm serious dude that's that's a book you find in every 50 cent bin and i mean nobody well, once, wants once, that once you push aside the torak number ones you find the rabbit right. number one yeah 
I mean, nobody wants that book. So I'm I'm shocked that like you said, the whole run was on there for that. That's even overpriced for the whole run. I, I would think that whole run you could get for like under ten bucks. That's crazy. But yeah, I, I thought that was amusing. But you know, that's that's a good subject we can talk about uh, if you like. Is uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I do. I, I these days I I primarily do my my comics hunting. Um, you know, when I'm not doing it live in a store somewhere, I'm doing it on eBay primarily. But there are a couple of apps that I peruse from time to time just just to see what's out there and you know, what people are asking and everything. And uh, the one that uh, that really continued, actually, there's two of them that really continue to shock me. Just the prices. Grinder. Seeing oh, what's that? Nothing. Just go on. <laughs> you know, just the prices that people are are asking on these is uh, Mercari. I think that's how you pronounce it. Merc- Mercury or Mercari. I'm not sure. Isn't it's, a John uh, Wayne movie? <laughs> it's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. I, I'm Mercari, I think. I've seen commercials, but I can't remember how they pronounce it. And then the other one is Offer Up, which honestly, I don't even know why I keep this app because it sucks. And I don't think I'll ever use it to sell anything, but I don't even think I'll ever use it to buy anything because they just never have anything on there. But just the friggin' prices that people are asking on, I cannot believe some of the prices. It, it's completely ridiculous. Let me see if I can find a good example right here. Spirits of Vengeance, number three, seven bucks with $4.30. So, uh, so damn near $12. For another book that's you can find in like the fifty cent bin, I'm pretty sure. Um, let's see if I can find a better example. Superman first series number two hundred seventy three, March nineteen seventy four, twenty bucks. No, it's like five bucks at most. But again, I mean, part of the problem, and I, I know I've said this a million times, so I apologize. But part of the problem, of course, and and this is this is anywhere you're going to buy anything, is the shipping, you know. But it's it, it really makes it bad when it comes to comics, because um, you just you can't. I mean, at this point in my collecting. I don't really need runs anymore. I don't really need like series anymore. I need individual issues to fill in holes. And that's become very cost ineffective because of the damn shipping. So it's it's hard to catch a deal to begin with, especially with the kind of books I'm looking for. But then even if you do find a really good deal, like say you find a, a book that's, you know, between like three and six bucks then, yeah, that's a great deal on um, paying for the issue. But then when you throw in the shipping on it, that's going to be anywhere between four to, you know, some of them are charging as much as like $10, which is ridiculous. Then it's completely cost ineffective. When, so, what I've done to battle that to an extent is if I find that book I want for $4 or, yeah, let's say it's $4 and $4 shipping for a book that should go for about $4 total. Uh, or five dollars total. Let's just say, for argument's sake, I'll go out before I will commit anything to it. I'll look to the seller. I'll make sure he combines shipping, and then I'll look and see what else he's selling. And if I could find five or six books that I want, then I'll 
then I'll order it. Yeah. And I was the beneficiary of that. You were. You were. You you, you got a, a an early Superman issue by our standards, not by Miss Superman number sixteen over here. <laughs> uh but by our standards you got an early issue because when I did that I was able to order uh you know an extra copy for my good friend Dave Pascarella. That's awesome. Well, maybe I need to do that from now on. Just, uh, you know, even if, if, if so, say I find a comic, I go through like you're saying, and I just don't see anything else from the guy that I want. Uh, I'll send you guys a link to him and, and maybe we can compare notes. And if there's other books that one of you guys needs or wants or whatever, then maybe we could do something that way. But because, you know, I do see good deals from time to time, but it's always the damn shipping is what puts me off on stuff like that. But uh, I was going to look here just, just for comedy's sake or whatever you want to call it here. Um, yeah, here you go. Don't So don't be too envious uh, of that Superman 16 because the next issue I've got is, all right, not barring or barring rather reprints because the next one that shows in the list is number 97. Well, that's a pizza hut reprint. 113 is also a pizza hut reprint. So the next one from issue 16 is issue 129. So that's quite the gap. That is a uh, 17 year gap between the issues. So you still beat me. I thought you had an issue earlier than 129. You don't? My earliest one is um, 144, I believe it is. The one where the Earth is exploding and Superman and Supergirl. Oh, we're homeless or something. I need that. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, It's from um, April or May of 61. Yeah. My my earliest is 188. So that's from 1966. 88 is... Oh yeah, I have this, but I don't think I've ever read it. Yeah, we're all the they're gi- attacking him with a giant pencil. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. I got, the boss sent me to rub you out. That's what take it looks. Out, like. Could take out the Green Lantern with that too. Both of <laughs> Golden this, Age and the modern one. Well, this pencil's pink, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's not yellow. Poor planning there. Could you know what's funny for? is. That that is that 129 is the first appearance of Lori Lamaris. So I purposely sought that out because I I wanted what I, what I want to have is and I didn't realize it at the time. So I wanted I, one of my favorite Burn issues when when Burn was on Superman is I loved the Lori Lamaris issue because he took the Golden Age Lori Lamaris tale and retold it for the post-crisis Superman. And I really enjoyed that. But I didn't realize that while he made one story out of it, it actually was two issues. So it was her first and second appearance. And so I tracked down this one, Superman 129, got her first appearance and let's see if I made a note of what I no, I, I, this was before I started tracking what I was paying for them. So I don't know what I paid for it, but it was not much. I cannot get her second appearance for a decent price at all. It's the one I don't know if you know this cover. It's the one where it has 
Superman, Superboy, and Superbaby all on the same cover. And I think it even says something like, which one's the strongest or something ridiculous like that. Uh, has like an all white background on it. It's just you know, kind of a kind of a plain Jane cover. There's something about that stupid issue that just commands ridiculous prices. I can't ever seem to put my finger to it. But it's weird because it's her second appearance, not her first. But it, it always prices higher than the first one. I, I don't know why, but I really want to get that one because it's. Uh, you know, like I say, it's second Laurie Lamaris, but it's also a uh, a Wayne Boring uh, story, and um, I, I love the guy's art. I think it's one of his better stories, honestly. It's the one where she. What, what number is that? <sighs> I knew you were gonna ask me. I want to say one fifty-five. I think something like that. Let me see if I can. See if oh, that's I can some see. of the ones I need too. Now we're going to have to fight uh, on right? uh, No, it's not 155. Oh, Shit. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Let's see. Let me go to my... This is fascinating listening. It's probably... It's got to be on my want. Maybe, it was, maybe it's an issue of action, come to think of it, but I thought it was a, another issue of Superman, but... Um, No, it's got to be Superman because it's not action. All right, let's see. Superman. Somebody is probably just screaming at the podcast. Oh, why are we listening? 135. This? This, oh, it's only just a few issues later. It's 135. Superman number 135. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only note on it is... Uh, is that it's second Lori the Mars. I don't see anything else special about this particular issue, but yeah, I cannot seem to nab a good cheap copy of it. Superman's mermaid sweetheart. Yeah. So that's the one. If you remember the, the post crisis telling or, or any of, you know, early Lori Lamara stories, that's the one where the old sea captain stabs her with a harpoon. Mm-hmm. And Clark Kent's going to kick his ass that that's that story. But when you read it in Burns retelling, it's all part of the same story. But so I never realized it actually was two different stories because there was the original one, which was, you know, the love story between them when he ends up finding she's a mermaid and she goes back to the sea at the end. Um, and then in this one, I, I, I forget the exact details, but somehow they reunite or he's trying to reunite with her, something like that. And she ends up getting stabbed by, uh, by the sea captain. But yeah, I don't know. So there's three stories in that book. The first right. is when Lois first suspected Clark was Superman and the trio of steel, which I believe is a Mr. Mixoplex story. So maybe it's one of those that's driving up the price. Yeah, it could be. That could be. Didn't they reprint, not reprint, but use the Lori Lamaris story, the first one anyway, in that miniseries, Superman, The Secret Years? You know, the 70s, 70s, 80s? I don't think I've ever read that. I have it, and I've had it for a long, long time. I don't think I've ever read it. I'm almost uh, positive that 
Yeah, you're you're probably right because I remember that being another one of those series that that pulled in like lore from all over the place and tried to do like a like a logical progression of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm ashamed to say I don't I don't believe I've ever read it. Um, it's very much of its time. Yeah, it, it looked like it even at the time when it was new and. That was during that time, and, and I'm loath to say this because I always get, end up getting beat up every time I mention Kurt Swan, but it was during that time where where Swan, for me, had he just wasn't doing it anymore, you know? It was right, you know, just before the crisis. And, I mean, even the covers on the on the book, if that's the book I'm thinking of, didn't it? It had all Frank Miller covers on it, right? I think so. The, yeah. And so you've yeah, got Frank the, Miller, who was, you know, one of the hot young Turks that was coming up in comics along with Byrne and Perez and all these guys. And then you open it up and it's fuddy-duddy old Kurt Swan and not good Kurt Swan. It was like old, tired Kurt Swan. And it just, yeah, it just didn't do it for me visually. Who wrote that book? Do you remember? I'm trying to find it right now. Let's see. The thing about Kurt Swan was he—he he was always—I—I I, I use this term sometimes, and I feel guilty for using it—but he was workmanlike. Workmanlike, he, you know. He—he yeah. he presented the story. You were always able to follow the story. The art was always clean. It was never going to be especially dynamic. It was never going to be especially realistic, and—and and, you know that's what you got. What what you expected from Kurt Swan. And, and I kind of appreciated that. And I think a lot of that is because Kurt Swan was the primary Superman artist when I started reading Superman. So, you know, you, you're, you're always going to be more enamored with the guy who was there when you first started. So I, I, I have that affection for his artwork, but I do, you know, see the limitations of it. And I think that's the best way to describe it, that it had limitations. It was, it wasn't bad art, even later Kurt Swan, uh, it wasn't bad. It just was, you know, there. <laughs> you Let's know, I think see. we've talked about Al Milgram in, in, in that way. Right. Right. So that, that's, that's what I see, you know, and, and, and it's funny because, uh, all of a sudden I'm drawing, uh, uh what's his name? Aparo. Uh, I always kind of had a connection between the two because Aparo was the main, uh, Batman artist and, and Swan was the main Superman artist. But, you know, in hindsight, looking back on it, the Jim Aparo art is far superior. It is, but he he also suffered a bit, not near as bad, in my opinion, as as Swan did toward the end of his run. But Aparo, I mean, he suffered a little bit from that, too. You know, the, the Aparo right at the end uh, of his stuff was not near. I, I'm just getting a white screen, Dave. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Bob Rosakis was the writer on that. The answer. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I need to I need to read that because I really like uh, I really like Rosakis's stuff. I don't know if any of you guys are friends with him on Facebook. He is he's very uh, communicative, very uh, you know good with his time and everything. Very appreciative of the fans. That I get a, such a thrill out of that being friends with somebody like that. That you know I, I remember from my earliest childhood memories of comics. You know the answer. I used to love the Answer Man column. I always thought that mm-hmm. was the coolest thing. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to bump that onto my... Well, you know what? Let's see. That came out February 8th. So this is going to come up in my reading project anyway. So, I, yeah, I will get to it eventually. But, yeah, I remember the covers very well, but I, I don't think I've ever read it. Yeah, I remember buying this off the newsstand. This was one I read more than once. Good stuff, then? It's all right. You know, I haven't read it now in... 30 years but it, i do recall it's very much of its time you know there's a character that's like a hippie beatnik type of character <laughs> in the 1980s all right in the 1980s <laughs> did, he, did he did he wear a vest with no shirt underneath it no he just has was, like long hair and a beard tell me he that says was a big, that shirt. was a big tough guy look for for the uh, 70s and 80s <laughs> actually winds up everybody boy chick at least once or twice he was the, uh, you know, the PSA in the book because he's a drunk and he has a car crash and he winds up in a wheelchair. Don't drink and drive, kids. Have you ever read any of the Teen Titans drug awareness promotional comics that they put out where instead of having Robin leading the team, it was the protector? Have you ever read any of those? Is he wearing a big Maybe. rubber suit? No, he he's wearing kind of. He almost looks like Nomad. Um, like when Nomad in in you know Marvel's Nomad had the cape and all that. He looks very similar to him. And man, they are. It 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 almost makes you want to do drugs just to spite the books because they're that bad. They, they were just horrible. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just read the first couple of them and, uh, the first one wasn't, I mean, at least the art was really good cause it was Perez and everything. But then I just read the second one and it was so, so stupid and it had, it suffered from that same damage of being written by someone who clearly didn't know what the hell they were talking about and just thought that this is how like you know, pushers and, and drug addicts behaved and spoke and everything. And it was, it was just, it's, you know so what it's ridiculous. like, have you ever had to, I had to take today at work, you know, the sexual harassment training where you gotta watch <laughs> the, and it's like, you know, from a Frank Sinatra movie, Hey doll face, how about coming over here? <laughs> I, I had to go to a sexual harassment seminar because they make everybody do that when you're in a big company. So this way, if it ever happens, they could say, we told them not to do that. But as we were walking out, one of the people who had been attending the seminar said, I found that to be the most informative thing because until I saw this seminar, I didn't realize harass was one word. (laughs) (laughs) I like to say you get tips on how to pick women up. Uh, Yep. I can't take credit for that joke. And I, I understand it is offensive to some. But I still found it to be mighty amusing. You know, if it wasn't for workplace sexual harassment, I'd have never gotten married. So I don't know what the hell they're even talking about, you know? Well, to be fair, I, I've been married twice and I met both of my, my wives through work. There you that's go. Why, that's why well, he has to go annually for the sex. That's why I have to go to the seminars. <laughs> and you He's still haven't learned your lesson, have you? Paul, would you mind standing up for the folks here? I I think I can say with great 
certainty that I will not get married to a coworker for a third time. Because <laughs> you're going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I'll, if if there was going to be a third wife, I'd have to meet her through like AARP or something. <laughs> I hope you don't think you're going to meet her at the Comic Con. I'll tell you that this, much. Meet her at the will, dialysis center. There will not be a third Mrs. Spataro. Please trust me. I don't know that. This, that this second one better last. The, third. the second one better last because I'm not doing it again. You're not like Jeff Goldblum where you're always on the lookout for a future ex Mrs. Spataro. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul struck gold. He can't do that. She is a sweetheart and she's a keeper, dude. You 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 fuck this up, it's on you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, you know what? You're right on, <laughs> on all accounts. And not only does she have those things going for her, but she she encourages me. She's, she's so, go to the comic store. Go to the comic store. It's fine. You know they have the monthly uh, they have a monthly show ten minutes from here, and it's pure comic books. There's no you know no celebrities, nothing like that. It's just comic books. That's it. And whenever I say, oh, that's this week, she's just like, go enjoy it. And then when I come back with a stack, she doesn't like say, you know, she doesn't ask me how much I spent. You got uh, a sister? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> we see a hand reach into the video and smack Scott in the back of the head. Hey, I'm gonna play this shit in the car the next one. When, when this episode comes out, I'm gonna play it just so just so my wife can hear it. <laughs> Thankfully, she has a really good sense of humor about stuff like that most of the time. Well, she married you. Yeah. This is true. No, I, I, I get a big kick out of when you put something on Facebook with, you know, want or whatever, and, and Missy feels the need to respond. <laughs> and I, it's usually an, an, an amusing response, so I do get a kick out of that. Hey, I had your back on the Christmas ornament. I like to keep posting the stuff about the different uh, the different uh, bed uh what do you call it? Bed clothes, you know, like the the Avengers bedroom set. And she's like, yep, just as soon as you get your own place, you can have that shit. <laughs> just imagine your wife's face if she came home and the bedroom was all made up with I Superman. Should, I should do that sometime. I should do it just just to just to videotape it and, and put it out there. Yeah. Have her ever come home one night and I've already made up the bed is like. Right. You know, the, the Avengers are But you have so to get better. one of those nanny cam things. So, you know, it's like not like you're there. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, it'll be like, yeah, exactly. I, I'll be upstairs. I, I'll be able to hear it from from all the way up here and just have her walk in and what the f- <laughs> we're, gonna, we're all going to do that. And that's going to be our first YouTube episode. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Speaking of enabling, you know, I, I had a Batman comforter on my bed, which was purchased by my wife. Wow. So, you know, it's not like whenever we would have like new people over the house and we'd be showing them the house and they'd see that. I'd have to say, just understand, I did not buy this. I'm mm-hmm. not forcing her to have this on the bed. She bought it. Yeah. Well, just imagine- you know, do you know how hard it is to find superhero comforters in king size? Sure. In twin size, it's easy. But, it, you know, when you start getting to those larger sizes, they don't expect adults to be using these things. 
I wonder if that tactic would work if if when she shoots me down about stuff like that, if I was like, well, you know, Tina lets Paul blah, blah, blah. I wonder I wonder would that tactic work, you think? No, no that's just going to make her hate Tina. Why don't you go sleep with Paul? <laughs> What's that? Would you say, Dave? I said, no, why don't you go sleep with Paul? Right. Since yeah. The two yeah. of you want to have a Batman bed. Exactly. Yeah, she'll be she'll be mumbling under her best breath. You know, Tina's ruining it for all, all of us. <laughs> Tina's the weak link. We're gonna have to get rid of her. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Well, as we go on, I'm getting starting to get tired, and I'm ready to go upstairs to my weak link. So, what <laughs> else we got? I haven't heard uh, much from Bill. I want to know what Bill's been up to. Why the hell he's been ducking us for months? Mountain Dew. Work has just been very, uh, very involved. A lot of things going on. A lot of buildings opening. A lot of things going on at the VA. A lot of uh, fire to suppress. Oh, we actually there was well there was actually a, a fire in the uh, like about two weekends no. ago. No, somebody. Uh, this is a word to uh, word of advice. Don't don't. Um, let me make sure I word this part. Sleep when smoke at the same time. That, that lesson's <laughs> no, no, been no. a long time. Don't leave a heating pad plugged in and go on leave. Whoops. And then it catches fire and damages an area in the building. That's all I'm going to say. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a mess. So, uh, any Anybody watch Loki season two? On Disney Plus? I started to watch it. I haven't gotten through it yet, though. Okay. Are you I've gotten watching... delayed because I started watching Strange New the season of Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Oh yeah, yes. I I I watched that. Are you watching? Um, oh shit! Now I can't even think of the name of the show. It's One um, Piece. What's that? One Piece. It's no. an anime. It's also a live action on Netflix now. My no, kids got is... me interested in that. Um, shoot, I can't think of the name of it. It's it's the it's the MonsterVerse show. Um, that's oh that's no, I don't time. have Apple. The uh, uh yeah, the one with Godzilla? Kurt Russell and uh, Riot. Yeah, and his yeah, son, where he plays. Yeah, yeah, where they play the same character, different. Uh, it's yeah, I've been enjoying the hell out of it. I think it's really really good. Monarch, right? Is it Monarch? Monarch? That was it. Yes, Monarch. That's it. No, yeah, Monarch I don't I don't have Apple TV, so yeah. I can't see it. I'll see if you come over, we could watch it, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've I've been enjoying it. There's three, I want to say three or four episodes out now, um, at least as of this recording. And yeah, I I've been enjoying it. It it's it's cool because it's taking place in different eras mm-hmm. and Kurt Russell's son uh, is that his name? I couldn't remember his yes. name. Yeah, he played he, Captain America in uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah. Um, he he's playing this character in I think it's in the fifties, and then Kurt Russell, his dad, is playing the same character but as an old man. So I thought that was really cool because they do look amazingly like each other. So, but yeah, it's I, I've been enjoying it. It's, it's it's been really good, and it seems. I mean, I'm not horribly well versed on the MonsterVerse. I mean, I've seen the the God. Uh, actually, I think I've seen them all, but I've seen Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters 
um, the first two movies. I've seen them multiple times. So it feels like the continuity is pretty tight. I could be wrong on that, but the, the latest episode I saw, um, most of it took place in the fifties, um, where they, it, it, it seemed like it was picking up some of the, th- uh, like in the opener of the first Godzilla movie, you know, the, the monster verse Godzilla one, um, in the opening credits, they were showing like little, like, um, like top secret news clips type of thing of Godzilla at like, like bikini Atoll or something like that. And this episode pretty much took place there and told that story. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I, whether the continuity really is tight and everything fits or not, I don't work, but it gave, it gave me that impression that it did, you know, as, as kind of a, a casual observer. Um, but I, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And the well, new I'm movie sure looks, some, looks interesting too. I'm sure at some point Luke Giaconetti will, will uh, cover it or get to it. I, I'd like to know his opinion of it. Luke, if you're listening, let us, let us know what you think of it. Cause I, I'd be really curious. Cause I, I continue to be, be kind of shocked by our, our differences of opinion of, of certain other Godzilla things. So. <laughs> Has but anyone? What, Sorry. I was Is just going to say, again, I'm not the biggest Godzilla fan in the world either, and I know he is. So, Has anybody seen the trailer to Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, I watched it. It was all right. What do you think? Nah. Nah. I haven't seen it yet. I, I I'm really, curious to see it. I, I don't like the animation style. And oh, the animation style sucks. I'm just curious yeah. if the story's going to be. It, well, what is it, three movies? Yeah, yeah, they're going to do it as a trilogy, which at least that's a good idea. But to me, that's only a good idea if you're trying to faithfully adapt the source material. And that's my biggest fear is I didn't get that impression from the trailer. I I didn't see a single image in that trailer where I thought, damn, that's right out of the series. It looked to me like another one of these, like, do you remember the first... Because I'm I'm told that they've done at least a couple different animated um, adaptations, you know, quote unquote adaptations of the death of Superman. Did you ever see the first one? Yes. Yeah. I, I watched that and I'm like, where the fuck? How, did they how get is this? Stuff? Yeah, exactly. How is this an adaptation? Because they just they did a completely different story and just called it the death of Superman. I have a nasty feeling that that's what Crisis is going to be too. It's just going to take the name and the basic concept, but they're just going to do a completely different story. And if they do that, I have not an ounce of interest in it because that is my all time favorite comic book story. If you're going to do it, if you're going to call it that, then just do the actual story, you know? And I think if you're doing it as, as three different, you know, three separate movies, you know, a trilogy, essentially, I think that gives you plenty of canvas to do a pretty damn good version of it. I mean, granted, it's it's a huge story with a lot of characters and a lot of story beats and all that. But I, I think you could whittle it down to, you know, six hours and, and do it justice. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, I, you know, it, then it's to me, it's a wasted exercise. So. Watch them do a, an adaption of the uh, hardcover novel. 
Oh God! Yeah, Did you was, not read that? And were you I not disappointed? It, I couldn't read it. I I've had that since the day it came out. I, I bought I, it the day it hit the bookstore, and I, I read that, not, but I don't even really remember it to be honest with you. It was terrible. I couldn't get through it. How far did you get before you went? Are you serious? Um, it's free. And not very far. Maybe a th- maybe a third at the absolute most, but I doubt it was even that far. I just I hated the narrative style of it. Yep. And it it I don't know. I just it, it gave me the same feeling of annoyance that they did a um a one shot. Like years later, it was um, I want to say it was Legends of the DC Universe. Do you remember that series? Yes. Has a red cover. Yeah, and they did a one shot that was a crisis issue, and that annoyed the shit out of me too because it was supposed to be this like untold chapter of the Crisis on Infinite Earths. But it injected all these like 90s sensibilities and 90s characters. And it's like they didn't get a good feel for the era that they were supposed to be squeezing this story into. Um, I remember when Mike and I were talking about, uh, you know, doing coverage of Crisis back on Tales of the JSA. And we we kind of were debating back and forth whether or not to include that story. And I was very adamant that I had, I, I just, I didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't even want to acknowledge that it existed because it just pissed me off so much. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I have to be honest. I just don't have a whole lot of faith um, in them. I was enjoying the, the uh, DC animated stuff for the longest time, but then somewhere along the line, I feel like they jumped the shark on that too. The last several projects I didn't think were very good. That just just a society one was awful. Well, the, I think we told, we covered this, right? Yeah, we the, did. Yeah. For yeah, me, it was the first half was good. I liked the first half, and then the second half was like, what what is this crap? They should have just made it like that DC special with the Valkyries, and you would have yes. been. Yes, they should have made it just Why? a society story. Instead, they felt they needed to. Let's bring the trench crossover. Well, the biggest uh, problem was... I had with it is, you know, I mean, okay, if you're if you're going to do that thing with the Flash, because you just feel the need to throw in a maybe a, a more recognizable character, I guess. I, I don't know what their thought process was, but if you're going to TV do that. Show. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, you know, if you're going to do that, OK, fine. But the fact that the Flash didn't have any idea who the JSA was didn't make any goddamn sense to me. It's like these are your progenitors. How do you not know who these people are? That that made no sense to me whatsoever. That should have been the signal right off the bat. He's on another planet. I guess. It was just very... It had great potential, and they ruined it. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But I'm a glutton for punishment, so I want to see what this thing is going to be like. Maybe I'll be surprised. Hopefully. Hopefully so. What else is new out there that uh, that's worth watching or that you guys are thinking about watching? I, I don't watch a hell of a lot, to be honest with you. I don't know, you know. The the thing is right now, and I, I have not seen uh, this uh, Marvels movie yet, but I, I'm just my my feeling is just that I, I've lost faith now in in 
the MCU and their ability to give me a guaranteed winner every time. So, you know, I do plan on seeing it at some point, but I don't think I'll be going to a theater to see it. Uh, I, I feel like they've lost their focus on where this particular phase is going. And I think it may have to do with the fact that this Kang actor is kind of like screwed them over with his personal behavior. What's his personal behavior? He's he's, beat his wife or something like uh, that. Something. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's going to be going on trial, I believe, and potentially going to jail. (laughs) I, 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 at least I believe that's the case. I, I don't know definitively. Uh, but but it it doesn't feel like they're really moving the way the way the first you know phase started and then worked its way to eventually to end game it felt like they always had some kind of a plan now they adjusted the plan as they went along clearly but they always seemed to be moving towards something whereas since end game from then to now they've come out with some stuff, some stuff that I've enjoyed but they haven't seemed to have that moving forward and building as it went along. Uh, Even the stuff I've enjoyed, it's been kind of in a vacuum. So I I don't know, you know, I don't know what to expect anymore. After after just being so blown away by the quality of what they were doing, it's really disappointing now to, to, you know, to not have that faith anymore. I, I feel you on that, but I, I tell you, one of the things that, that's really been bothering me is I'm seeing it increasingly, um, you know, on on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere else um, that basically, you know, there, there, you know, there's a lot of people out there pronouncing the MCU just like, you know, call, you know, basically calling time of death on it. And I'm like, is it is it really? I mean, I understand it's it's not what it was. You know, we've we've had some serious disappointments. We haven't really had that that big stand up and cheer one that that we really needed to have since uh, um, Endgame. You know, with a couple of exceptions, I, I feel like Spider Man No Way Home was you know was exceptional. Um, I really liked um, uh, Multiverse of Madness as well, and there's a couple others in there as I well. Um, but but they've all been I've enjoyed them individually as right. opposed to feeling like they're building towards something. Right. And and I'm it, not willing to. And I, you and I have had this debate a little bit sometimes with the DC uh, live action stuff where I'm I'm not going to root for them to to fail. I'm going to root for them to put together shows shows and movies that I like. Uh, right. And I'm you know I don't have the same confidence that they're going to do that that I once had. But I'm not ready to, to, you know, to call a time of death yet. Uh, right. I'd rather I'd rather see what's coming. I'll, I'll you know, I, I will uh, show my disappointment in my willingness to actually pay to see what I'm, you know, pay extra to see it. You know, for example, Marvels. I don't have a lot of confidence that that's going to be good. I'm not wishing it to be bad. I'm wishing it will be good when I see it or that I will enjoy it when I see it. But I don't have confidence in it, so I'm not going to pay to go to the movie theater and see it. Uh, You know, Disney is still getting my money because I have Disney Plus, but I'll wait till it shows up on there to watch it. I'm not paying extra for it. Right. Yeah, that's me as well. I mean, the last one... Actually, I think the only one of uh, 
are both are the last two Spider-Mans both the same phase or are they different phases? I'm not sure. But anyway, the, uh, I the, I, they they are both post end game. Right. The the I only, don't know if they're the same phase, but right. Yeah, the only post end game MCU films that I have seen theatrically are the two Spider-Mans. Everything else I've waited for it to hit um, Disney Plus, and I and I don't feel cheated or that i missed anything or that i spoiled something for myself i just didn't feel the need to to rush right out to to see them i i think i think the problem is multifold i think that for one i think they they made in a massive mistake by not laying the groundwork of the next threat post thanos Either I, I personally think they should have done it right at the end of Endgame. I'm not saying have Doctor Doom walk out and go, I'm the next big bad guy, but just something to give you a hint of, oh, this is not over. This is just there's another thing waiting on the horizon, and we're going to build to that. Either at Endgame, where I think it should have happened, or in the very next film. But neither one of the very next films really suited that purpose because the next one was um, Spider-Man Far From Home, which tonally I don't think would work for that. And then the next one after that, if I remember properly, was uh, Black Widow, which was a friggin' prequel. So (laughs) that didn't work. Um, So there's that. And then one of the things that helped movies like Captain Marvel do over a billion dollars was that it was not only sandwiched between infinity war and Endgame, but it also had that connectivity thread that, that really buoyed all of the pre Endgame MCU movies. So even when you had characters that people might not necessarily know or give a shit about, like in my case, black Panther, I could give a rat's ass about black Panther was my ass in this in the theater seat to watch that movie when it came out? Absolutely, because it felt important and it felt connected to everything that was going on. So if you wanted the whole story, you had to go see it. Same thing with like Doctor Strange. Ever since Endgame, I don't feel that connectivity. I don't feel the need to watch every single thing that comes out. So have there been some that I've skipped? Not of the theatrical movies, but definitely of like the Disney Plus stuff. I just don't feel the need to watch Ms. Marvel. I hate that friggin' character, so I'm not going to suffer through that. Even knowing that it does lend in, at least in some aspects, to the Marvels. I, I just don't, I'm not invested. In it doesn't feel important enough to have to suffer through it, if you know what I mean. So there's that. Um, not having a clear mission right from the get-go, and that's been really clear. That that's been very obvious that they're not building towards anything, and that they're it, it's kind of meandering. And then when they try to fake it, um, with Kang, even if this actor didn't have these legal troubles coming up, and and they're possibly going to kick him to the curb and everything, even if none of that was the case. I still don't think Kang works because they flubbed his first appearance and made him a, an absolute joke in Loki. And then in Quantumania, he was cool and everything. He was all right. I mean, I, I thought he did a good job, 
But there's no getting around the fact that when he finally steps up and actually acts like a bad guy, at the end of the day, he got his ass kicked by Ant-Man. So how the hell are you going to make him an Avengers-level threat somewhere down the line when you know he already got bested by by Ant-Man? So that's you know, one one, uh, one one possibility I had heard, which I thought was interesting and I thought could have been a little bit of a savings grace, is in Guardians 3, if they had revealed that at the end that the high evolutionary was a Kang variant. Now you could have used that actor going forward right. uh, and, and you, you didn't have to worry about this guy. And then he was certainly more badass than Kang has shown so far. I, I agree. I thought, did he live at that? I can't remember. I've yes. only seen no, that he, I, I thought he nope. died at the end. Nope. Nope. There's a, there's a deleted scene. He's in nowhere in a cage and rocket is looking in on him. So he did live. So they could still potentially do that. That's not a bad idea, actually. I don't remember where I heard that idea, but, you know, it certainly it wasn't mine and I don't want to take credit for coming up with it. But I thought that was a good way to kind of recorrect their course a little bit and go for, you know, but you, you they really do need to, to do something. And I think the TV series on Disney Plus is a good venue to do it. Uh you need to do something to make him into a big time badass again. And right. and I think you could do it on one of the TV series because you don't necessarily have to have the good guys win in the series, in the TV right. series. Kang I think in the movies, or, ultimately you have to have the good guys win. Kang or a variant of his is in the second season of Loki. And, and, and I enjoyed the first and second season of Loki so much. I bought the coffee, <laughs> but, um, um, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. I, 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 I feel that season one and two is, is a nice little story that tells that. Uh, that's all I want to. I don't want to spoil anything. I'd, I'd, I'd rather you guys watch it and come to your own. I, I do plan to watch it because if nothing else, I, I like that they go to the uh, the Chicago World's Fair. So I, I definitely want to mm-hmm. see that aspect of it. But uh, I mean, I didn't don't get me wrong. I didn't hate. Loki season one and just at, at by the you know when I got to the end of it I I, I kind of felt like okay what what was that all about you know it, it just it didn't really do anything for me one way or the other it just kind of existed you know what I mean yeah, yeah was, I was kind of the same with Loki the first the first season of Loki it was okay but it didn't really grab me. I liked Loki I think the second season will will help with your opinion of the first season perhaps okay. I'm probably gonna uh, have to rewatch them both any or you know, rewatch the first season yeah. anyway. I really don't remember all the details now, so uh, I think there's a recap you could probably if I remember the first the first episode, they're like they they do a recap of the first season, like in about a minute or two. So um show that's gonna be cancelled or is in its last season whenever it comes back is the uh, Superman and Lois um the one that was on the CW and they're like drastically cut a lot of the cast. Um, hmm. So they were like cutting into the bare bones. So we're going to get one more season of that whenever it comes back out. Is that the last of the Arrowverse? Well, technically it was. I, since my understanding that that was never, it was never supposed to be, this show was never supposed to be in the Arrowverse, even though those characters were. Uh, it's kind of it's been a 
Yeah, it's a little confusing because they don't reference any of those other characters in that show. Like you don't get a I don't remember seeing a flash or anybody else, you know. Although they were in the Crisis on Infinite Earths they did in the Arrowverse, they're really just, you know, it's just them. They do go to a different universe like last season there was uh, Bizarro <coughs> is all I'm going to say. What wasn't was Supergirl not part of the Arrowverse? She was. Well, not at first. At first she was her own show separate and then She was on another Earth, wasn't she? She was on another network. She was on CBS for the first season. Uh, then they put her on the CW and hey, she got merged with the Earth with uh, the Arrowverse Earth. At least that's the way I remember it. I yeah, because they did a crossover with The Flash where he yeah. got to her Earth. Yeah. And, and I then, think it was on the other network as and well. And then Machinations, they ended up on the same Earth, I think. They had a crisis and it brought all the Earths together. Yes. They did have a crisis and they had a they had a monitor and everything. How are we feeling about uh, the James Gunn Superman movie? I... Don't know. Don't know anything. I, uh, That's the legacy, legacy or something? Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't say I'm totally filled with confidence at this point. Well, the way and Warner I Brothers And goes, I can't say I'm confident it's going to suck. So I'm just going to kind of wait and see. Well, the way Warner Brothers goes, they're going to make it, film it, have it ready, and then just cancel it. So who knows? <laughs> I guess they canceled uh, the Coyote versus Acme movie or something. Didn't know about that one. Uh, I, I had heard it. some of the other ones they canceled though. Yeah, was they canceled Bat- Batman Batgirl. or something like that. Batgirl, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I Batgirl hope I don't have totally, to... totally finished, and they have have. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't just release it on on HBO Max or something. But I whatever. don't understand, and maybe I'm just well, maybe because I never dove in to see why. Like, like that show, like when they did the reboot of Willow on Disney Plus. They removed, so they had it. I guess it didn't do well, and they removed it because it was too expensive to keep it on the streaming service. That I think it was especially maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe, maybe royalties. What to Warwick Davis? <laughs> to Ron George Howard? The George? Ah, oh, George Lucas. Yeah, but he did. He probably sold the way to rights to that too. I don't know. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty swift. He may have kept back some stuff. I don't know, but I'm gonna say, guys, as much as I, uh, as much as I've already tried to end this once, I'm gonna try to end it again because <laughs> I'm, I'm just sorry. gonna hit the delete button the, and you're all done. This night is going long. If, if the if the three of you want to keep recording, by all means, go ahead. No, but I'm ready to I call it go. a night. I gotta work in the morning. Same. Well, this, this was fun. I, I was, I'm glad we uh, got a chance to get together and just shoot the breeze a little bit. Hope the listeners liked it too. Well, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. everybody. We'll see you next time. Soon it'll be fumigation time. Silverfish. Have a death wish. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at 2 or 
or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. You make me sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs>